Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu and welcome to Your Health is Your Wealth on Inspire 105.1 FM and I am your host, Sister Shigufta. I pray that you're in the best of health and iman. So welcome to today's show where the topic is about childhood obesity and prevention, inshallah. So let's begin. Bismillah. So the reason why I chose this topic is I myself was a former bariatric um, specialist nurse. So that is um, bariatric is to do with studies of um, people living with obesity, overweight, and also um, working as a nurse in the community and seeing statistics rise um, with childhood obesity. um, I think it's an extremely important topic to speak about alhamdulillah at this um time right now because without understanding maybe some statistics it might not be that easy to gauge how difficult it is um but when you hear sort of numbers it does make you think and when you hear facts and figures and understand why it's important to prevent this or help parents caregivers to understand what childhood obesity and where it starts how uh, parents and caregivers can be helped how you know you can try and help your own families as well so um there are actually soaring childhood obesity from the pandemic that actually could be costing the uk billions because actually a major spike in childhood obesity levels during the pandemic um because of that pandemic it could actually cost the uk over eight billion pounds according to a study involving imperial researchers rates of obesity have been steadily increasing over the past decade um, also among children in the uk but the study actually found a sharp increase between 2019 and 20 and 2020 and 2021 in reception pupils age four to five and year six children age 10 to 11. So uh, many reception pupils returned to healthier pre-pandemic weights, obesity levels still remained quite high um, among the older year six pupils. So this is um, equating to an extra 56,000 children living with obesity as a result of the pandemic. So this means that there's an additional healthcare lifelong cost of 800 million pounds with a cost to society of 8.7 billion pounds so the study is published in the journal plos1 and it is led by the national institute of healthcare so that's nihr southampton biomedical research center in collaboration with researchers from Imperial um, College London, um, University of Southampton. So Professor um, Nina Modi, School of Public Health has said, obesity rates uh, disproportionately affect children living in deprived communities and the gap between the most and least deprived groups has widened over the past 10 years. And she says that we need to target um targeted interventions to bridge this alarming divide um, especially in the under fives where the study shows overweight and obesity can be reversed more more readily 
and this can and will help ensure that every child has an equal chance to grow up healthy. So what are the effects? So obesity increases the risk of many health diseases. So things like type 2 diabetes, heart disease and some types of cancer. So it is really important that you understand that it has an effect on quality of life and even mental health and well-being. So the surge in childhood obesity during the pandemic illustrates its profound impact on children's development, says Professor Keith Godfrey. So the study used drawn from the National Childhood Measurement Programme is to calculate the increase in childhood obesity rates among children and it reports and measures the BMI of children aged four to five and um, year six and the analysis showed that childhood obesity levels rocketed between 2019-20 and 2021 as I've said and experts have put this down to the change in young people's eating habits and activity levels and of course during the period most children were schooled from home so these organised sports and recreational activities were not available. So this affected children's sleep schedules and screen time. And it was quite a difficult time. You know, it was something we've never heard of. And of course, um, it, it was unknown to everyone. Um, a very difficult situation. Um, but by 2022, um, the data shows that the number of four and five-year-olds living with obesity returned to pre-pandemic levels, but over overweight and obesity prevalence in children aged 10 and 11 remained higher than expected. So that represents almost 56,000 extra children. So the cost of obesity, um, so researchers projected that the impact of um, this trend goes on to adult um, health as well. And they found that the increase in overweight and obesity um, in 10 and 11 year olds could just cost the NHS just alone that 800 million pounds. And obviously to the wider society, it could be at least 8.7 billion pounds. And um, this is because it costs, this, this is equating the cost relating to reduced productivity, of course, and the quality of life. Um, so what what it is that um tackling these inequalities and supporting young people um that is the key and promoting you know good health so let's talk about growth and development a nutritionally balanced diet is really important for children to ensure optimum development of their own tissue and organs at a rapid time of growth so actually a child's growth and development can be divided into four periods. Infancy, so that's birth to three-year-olds. Early childhood, that's three to eight-year-olds. Middle childhood, nine to 11. And adolescence, 12 to 18. So during infancy, there's a rapid um, rate of growth. And then this declines significantly through early childhood and continues to slow to the middle childhood prior to um, the spurt of puberty. Nutrient needs correspond to these changes and growth okay so during the first year um, a life of a child's birth weight increases by 300 percent and their height increases by 50 percent and the child's growth rate slows uh, slows down during the second half of the first year of life 
from about six months and on average an infant will gain 6.6 kilograms and grow 25 centimeters in the first year and between the ages of one and two a toddler will gain an average of 2.5 kilograms and grow 12 centimeters in length and then between two and three they'll gain about two kilograms and grow eight centimeters in height now not all children grow at the same rate so it is important to note that these figures are average and children will grow differently from each other a child might be taller or shorter slightly heavier or lighter than other children of the same age changes in height and weight should follow a regular pattern though um, when using the growth reference chart now energy and nutrient requirements are high um, relative to body size during the first five years due to tissue and organ maturation with more calories required relative to the body weight during infancy in comparison to early childhood infants and young children actually need an adequate supply of nutrients um, such as protein for muscle growth calcium for uh, development of bones and teeth and iron to prevent anemia as a child reaches adolescence nutrient requirements increase substantially again now this is actually to meet the rapid growth gain of size in uh, muscles bones and also the start of menstruation in girls and as inadequate nutritional intake can actually lead to delayed um, puberty slow down their linear of growth and risk of adult diseases like osteoporosis could increase that's why there's an importance requirement of good nutrition good nutrition is really critical to optimize each child's potential for success so meeting nutritional requirements throughout the stages of childhood is really essential to promote children's well-being and their full intellect development children require sufficient energy and essential nutrients each day to concentrate on doing their tasks, their schools, even mild undernutrition and short-term hunger are barriers to actually learning. So an inadequate or even an unbalanced nutritional intake may not only affect their growth and development in childhood, but again also impacts their health problems such as heart disease and obesity in later life. So it is really important that um, infants and toddlers um, growth are, are measured this can help detect um, overweight underweight short or faltering growth so the growth of children should continue to be monitored as they get older as this helps confirm healthy growth and development or identify potential nutritional or health problems quite early so that is why there is a program with the health visitors team um, locally and nationally where um, the children's weight, height and head circumference are measured. So dietary habits are required um, in whatever your dietary habits in acquired in childhood persist through child, uh, adulthood. Is this true? Yes, it is. Health related behaviours and attitudes towards foods are formed in childhood and evidence strongly indicates that your eating habits, dietary habits acquired at childhood does go into adulthood, okay? So a balanced diet in childhood not only 
uh, is important for growth, but it's actually really important for learning and promoting positive habits towards healthy eating. And also there is increasing evidence for the protective um, effect of a diet low in um, total saturated fat and high um, in fresh and fruit vegetables and because there's a prevention of um, heart disease. So actually when um, you eat well, that that high fat, saturated fat is decreased in people who do that and their vegetable and fruit intake is much higher. And this is really good to prevent um, this heart disease. Now, a child's eating behavior is strongly influenced by the family environment. And in particular, child feeding practices of the parents own eating behaviors. So that is important. Child feeding practices can be linked with children's eating behaviors in the following ways. So exposure to certain foods from an early age can actually influence the food selection, preferences and types, eating styles such as eating at the table with a family or sofa, the floor, you know, different settings, management of energy intake by controlling portion size. So environments created by parents, caregivers can encourage healthy eating behaviours and weight. Uh, for example, involving children in planning and cooking meals. However, some of these environments can also encourage poor eating um, habits and behaviours that lead to overweight or aspects of disordered eating, such as eating meals or snacks while watching television or a parent not being present while the children are eating, for example, because that can also happen. Um, and there could be a number of factors because of this. Sometimes parents have to go out to work. Sometimes parents are at home. Sometimes the teenagers are alone. What you know because parents are working or um, or they're taking care of. Sometimes they're taking care of their parents or something. Whatever it is, there's different reasons why this can happen, but it can have an effect on their upbringing and it can lead into problems in adulthood. So parents' influence on children's eating behaviours um, are because the food of how how is how does this happen? The food you provide for your children, for example, the availability of fruit and vegetables in comparison to high fat, high sugar drinks and foods, that's how you can influence your children's eating behaviours. Your own eating styles, for example, as parents, chewing your foods or or just you know eating a lot in a quick succession you know these, these all have an effect because if you're eating really fast and quick you're likely to eat a lot more as well um you know chewing food or not chewing food really well because you could notice yourself you know practice mindful eating and then realize am i actually chewing my food well or not it makes a difference as well um their behaviours at mealtimes, for example, as parents, right, or caregivers. Do you do you sit together as family during meals or are you scattered around in every different room? Some up are upstairs, some are in, you know, the kitchen, diner, lounge. You know, you watch different eating times, actually, you know. Um, in even child feeding practices, sometimes there's... Uh, parents who can exclusively breastfeed for up to you know mums can uh, exclusively breastfeed for up to six months or was it not possible you know these things have to be taken into account because these also help 
you know there is evidence to suggest that when um children who are exclusively uh, breastfed for at least six months the um obesity and being overweight for childhood is um d- decreased so that's interesting as well um so just want to know that not all infants are small because they were born prematurely um but sometimes it's because they can grow slowly and the pro the process for some adult diseases may start in early childhood as well as being influenced by genetic factors the risk of developing diseases like diabetes stroke and um, high blood pressure is influenced strongly by um, the operating during fetal development low birth weight and small body size during infancy is known to be associated with increased rates of heart disease and um, you know disordered stroke high blood pressure and diabetes um, and both male female the risk of disease such as heart disease falls with increasing birth weight and rises with rapid weight gain in early childhood if an infant is thin or stunted at age two due to low birth uh, weight gain sorry low weight gain after birth then this child is at risk in later life of chronic disease after the age of two rapid gain in um, being overweight further increases the risk of this disease so it's really essential that um you know that their growth is protected um and to avoid rapid acceleration in um children being overweight after the age of 2 uh, particularly if the infant is thin or stunted at the age of 2 it's really important equally to also consider the nutrition and health of women uh, before and during pregnancy because that will also help so I want to talk about your own eating style, for example. So as adults, you know, when you're deciding to think about what you're going to eat, you do sometimes think, is it appealing? Do I like the taste? Do I have the time? Do I have the money? Now, there's lots of things that are likely to affect your decision to choose certain types of food, irrespective of your age. For example, have you ever walked by a bakery and smelt fresh bread and you know, you might want to stop and buy that. You know, some people will say yes, because this cause this reaction actually caused by your senses, which play a major role in what you eat. Your senses contribute to your perception of food appearance, texture and flavour, whether it's platable or not. What kind of odour it has, these, you know, um, all of these things will either uh, please you or disgust you, okay? So, you know, you you might have had a um, pr- problem with a certain food at a certain time and then whenever that food is around you, you will avoid it. You know, you, you, you avoid that. Your senses contribute to your perception. Okay. So why do children eat the way they eat and what are some of the factors that influence their choices? So let's think about taste qualities. There's four basic taste qualities, salt, salty, sweet, sour, bitter. Infants, for example, um, I'll give you a scenario. For example, Theo uh, uh, appears to be born with unlearned preferences towards sweet foods and reject sour and bitter tasting foods. So the liking of salt seems to develop several months after birth. Importantly, children will learn to like a certain level of saltiness. Therefore, it is essential that they don't form this habit 
Taste is a learned sense. From early childhood, um, children should be repeatedly exposed and encouraged to eat a range of different foods. Sometimes when they try a new food for the first time, they don't like it. But let me explain, it can take up to 15 times of that same food before the child accepts and likes it. So, um, you know, you don't give up. Um, You keep offering the food, but you don't force it. So children should be able to explore it because that's what they do don't they with their hands they explore the food again the color will make it either appealing or not um so the gloss on fruit or jelly for example all of these things and textures vegetables things like that that can all affect children's learning and wanting or rejecting food and also um you may not say it as parents or siblings older siblings or whoever's in the family but if they notice and see that certain you know there's somebody saying i don't like this or or moving the plate away or not eating it they will learn this they're like sponges aren't their brains so they, they learn also it's common that children decide they don't like a particular taste um, or food following an illness that doesn't mean that that food should be always avoided if it's you know after illness you can always offer it again um you know after a few weeks again hunger and fullness adolescents and young children experience hunger because their growing bodies need more food than adults so being able to recognize the feelings of both hunger and fullness helps children to eat in a healthy way if they don't recognize that feeling of fullness then this will lead to overeating so some feeding practices attempt to control what and how much children eat how often have you heard the comment clean your plate so this teaches a child that the amount of food remaining on the plate is more important than recognizing their hunger cue or satiety the feeling of fullness so as a punishment for bad behavior it encourages them to develop bad eating habits such as eating when they're not hungry and this can lead to a distaste for those nutritious foods that they're being forced to eat as well so that's really something to think about you may not realize it but it does affect their eating patterns and habits so there's lots of reasons why you know we eat what we eat that are learned um it might remind you of your own eating habits maybe sometimes you even eat when you're bored sad or nervous um someone else is preparing your food um you know if it's a certain person who you don't like how they make the food that's going to put you off you know we don't like every single food unfortunately um we have an acquired taste so you need to think about you know do you do this when you see an advertisement for food do you go and eat and you need to have that or you're out with people and you need to eat you know is it a social thing boredom emotional you know so many reasons why we eat other than hunger and again children will pick up on that okay psychological needs uh, you know that those have to do with your mind and emotions this plays a key role in food habits as a child you know did you have experienced food in the following ways did you get something as a reward did you um have to eat something as a punishment because you didn't finish the main meal so you had to finish your greens for example like it, you know it was told to you to eat in a stern way okay 
or when you were a bit sad and then you were given like cake because you were crying to show affection to you you were given two bars of chocolate or cake or something else so positive and negative feelings of pleasure may be associated with foods given as reward or eaten on special occasions so it and then you notice that this carries on um reward and punishment so if a child is rewarded with chocolate for good behavior clean up your toys and you could have some chocolate you know some sometimes you hear parents say that that they're likely to reward themselves in the same way when they're adults on the flip side children who experience food as punishment like you better eat your greens if you don't you're not going to go or have that then um or they're denied food then poor behavior may even have unhealthy relationships um you know when they're adults and they can have overeating disordered eating eating disorders um and food can also be as a source of power as well children who are feeling angry may refuse to eat while protesting or clear their plate to ensure they get dessert you know adolescents may also refuse food to express their independence there are so many reasons that can cause unhealthy eating but the most important thing is that you know you can change your own eating habits your childhood eating habits your teen eating habits now it's not too late you can start learning and um you know start thinking about your own household what are you doing and inshallah you know i will continue part 2 of this um next week to give you some tips on how to prevent um inshallah childhood obesity and children being overweight so until next week do take care assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh